off. If you put vanilla pudding in your chocolate ch- chip <sighs> cookie mix, they don't get crunchy or hard. They're always moist and soft. That sounds amazing. It doesn't it sound amazing? Yeah, I, w- I just put vanilla pudding in everything. <laughs> Okay. Casseroles, anything. That's just so Casseroles. <laughs> you know what's great in a tuna casserole? Vanilla pudding. <laughs> and wrapped in bacon. <laughs> but that's actually true. Our goal on this podcast is to know Jesus better and by the power of his spirit, do better. So together, we can be a little better. Well, welcome to A Little Better Podcast. So glad you've joined us this week for week number two of My Relationships Are Falling Apart, where, frankly, it got real. So (laughs) Drew has stepped right into the fray. Uh, So Drew, why don't you remind us in 60 seconds what you shared on Sunday? Yeah, we talked about conflict. How do you handle conflict when it, it comes in your relationships? And we ultimately, we looked at the book of James and James really doesn't give us any excuse. He says, hey, the first place you got to look is you. Mm -hmm. Um, You're the central part. And so we talked about how do we handle conflict because it's in every relationship. How do we handle it God's way? And ultimately, we we landed on understanding how you sinfully respond to conflict. Mm -hmm. Um, What what is that default natural strategy? And then shifting the focus off of you and and to really the person you're fighting with, considering them uh, Mm -hmm. with the ultimate goal of not winning an argument, not being right, Mm -hmm. but winning the health of the relationship. And so I think ultimately you can lean on conflict, right? It's going to happen. It can be an amazing thing. God Mm -hmm. can redeem it and make your relationships through it if you do and handle conflict God's way. Yeah. James is a real big, the problem is you kind of guy, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't he also say, we can't even say we're tempted because that comes from you. It's what yeah. we, it's, it's what we want. That's the problem. Wanting the wrong thing, you know, too much of it. So, um, you mentioned conflict arising every time you step onto a stage to talk about conflict. <laughs> Yeah, it's like God just walks you right through your own little laboratory in preparing. So, um, you want to talk about this time? You know, in terms of the conflict, do you want to talk about a lifetime of what? What is the good that God does uh, or has done, like in your life through conflict? Well, I think you know, remove conflict from the equation. Most things in our life that are hard and difficult that we have to work at are the most rewarding. And that's mm-hmm. true in relationships. Like I've been married going on 16 years with Ashley and we've navigated all kinds of conflict in our relationship. Some mm-hmm. really stupid, like like just low-hanging fruit, right? We've argued over the shower curtain, like whether it should be open or closed. We argue over like what design element goes where. Like we've argued over some really shallow and stupid things. Mm -hmm. And then we've argued over really important and hard things. Like I think of our last most difficult argument was, should we have a fourth child or not? Ashley and I were on two totally different sides of that equation. Mm. Obviously Baylor is here, so she won that conflict. (laughs) Um, But like conflict is everywhere and it's easy to step into. And honestly, the, this last conflict that we had was just, it was just over my impatience, to be yeah. honest. You, you would think when you're prepping a message and you're like, okay, consider the other person, you would do that. But listen, my natural default strategy to conflict is to fight. I love mm-hmm. to argue. My wife says it's like the Karshner spiritual gift is <laughs> arguing. And so I'm really good at arguing. arguing. I'm really good at making my, me look good. And I just 
I handled it poorly and I had to own it and be convicted of my own message. <laughs> yeah, we're on the same wavelength, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm kind of curious, in your marriage, would you say that you're a pair of fighters or is, that, is she a freezer, a flyer, or a fighter? What's, what's unique is... <laughs> This is sad, right? I, I, I mean, think, I'm getting personal here. Sorry about I that. I feel like I I am a unique blend of fight or flight. Mm-hmm. So there are times when I'm ready to just rumble. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, nope, I'm going to win this argument, and I'm, I'm going to go after it. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of times where I'm like, okay, I've tried fighting, and it didn't work. So you know what I'm, I'm going to do? I'm just not going to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to give you the silent treatment. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've probably all adopted each of those roles, <laughs> right, at some time. And I also think it's probably uh, there's the person who might be um, intimidated at work and a bit of a you know runner, yeah. um, a conflict avoider. But when they get home, they get right into it. I mean, it's just different relationships might bring out different things in us. I think for Karen and I, we're... I'm a fighter, you know, I'm going to win, you know, you know, the argument. Um, and Karen is, um, more of a, a runner. I mean, that sounds like such a negative term, but you know, in her defense, she's like, you're being ridiculous, Brad. And I am right. (laughs) You know, so she's not even going to, you know, engage, you know, and withdraw. And we've had to learn over time. So your advice of course, is to consider the other person. So a fighter considering a runner would need to, do that extra work of patience of the listening. You talked about asking questions, and the and the runner. You know, I think that's a challenge to to lean in and engage. You know, yeah, who wants to have to. a conversation with a fighter? Yeah, right. Like yikes! And I think some of our responses depend on like our life. So for me, I deal with conflict a lot of my day at work. So sometimes i i don't I don't want to go home and deal with it. So. I can easily slip into like, I'm just going to ignore it or run from it. Mm -hmm. Right. So if I've had like a hard day at work, hard conversations, I Mm -hmm. I don't want to come home and do that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if conflict arises, I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to go watch the game and Ashley and I can talk whenever we feel like it. Right. Mm -hmm. Or when I feel like it. And so I think you just got to be careful. We, the point is we, we respond to conflict usually from a sinful way mm-hmm. um, and a selfish way. And ultimately that's what James is trying to get us to see is we are prone to selfishness. Mm-hmm. And one of the hardest thing in conflict is to get your eyes off of what you want and onto what do we need? What mm-hmm. do, what is best for us? There's more than one person in the equation mm-hmm. and trying to get two sides that are going the opposite direction to come together. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that selfishness and you also mentioned six selfish goals yeah. we often have in conflict. And I thought it was a pretty good and comprehensive list. Do you remember where that list came from? Or? Yeah. I mean, so if it was good and comprehensive, obviously it didn't come from me. <laughs> <laughs> so actually like a great resource uh, as we navigate and finish up this series in a couple of weeks has been a book that... Um, I lost his name. Um, Trip, right? David Trip. Yes, yeah. David Trip. It's um, relationships a mess worth making, mm-hmm. and I just love that. Just that title in general, because you know when you talk about conflict, right? That's the messy side of relationships, and and basically the the point of the title in the book is like, yes, relationships are messy, they're hard, but it's mm-hmm. worth it 
if you do it and handle it the right way. And so if you've never read that book, I'd really encourage it to read it. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes as a resource. Yeah, definitely put it in the show notes. And spoiler alert, uh, week four, I think, of this series, the online campus plans on giving some of those books away. Okay, Actually, let's go. I think you have a choice between that book and, and, and another one, but you definitely have the opportunity. So tune in online. Make sure you're ready for that. I like your plug for that. Yeah. Selfish plug. There <laughs> it selfish. is. <laughs> it's a selfish plug. Yeah. Um, do you remember the six? And I didn't write them down, and I'm trying to think. I think uh, I remembered pleasure. Yep. I remembered comfort. Yep. I remembered recognition and acceptance. I think I don't was think in there. Ex- uh, maybe acceptance was I think one. It was acceptance in the power, room. power and control. Control. We got six guys. Yes. We got all six. But I thought there was a pretty complete list. We keep talking about selfishness, and what I've been thinking about. I didn't even put this in the notes or questions, but um, it's it's easy to say let's not be selfish, but I think I think there's a holy selfishness. Hmm. I think that there. I I was reading about Jonathan Edwards, like I think the first sermon he preached was about, you know, Christian happiness. But basically he said that God, it's reasonable for us. God wants us to be reasonable about having and gaining an advantage, Mm. but we're just misdirected on what the advantage is, right? right? We think it is power or control or accepting these different things, but really the greatest advantage is God himself, yeah. right? To get more of him, to have communion with God and just to know so selfishly, you know, we do eternally, you know, maximize, mm. you know, our happiness, our purpose, our joy when we find it, you know, you know, in, in the right place. But I'm, I'm so distracted by those counterfeits. Oh, yeah. And I, I think what James does in chapter four is so unique. I love how he brings God into our relationships because it's really easy to think that, you know, in my, my conflict, no matter who it's with, that ultimately it's just between, it's just between me and that person. Mm-hmm. But what, what is often true is when I'm handling conflict negatively, there is some correlation to my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And when I am selfish, it, I mean, James says, when you are proud, mm-hmm. God opposes you. Right. Right. And like, I always just have this picture, it's football season, right? So mm-hmm. I, I have this picture of like when I'm proud or I'm selfish, kind of the same thing, right. God stiff arming me. Right. Right. Literally stiff arming me, opposing me. Right. Like Interesting. It, that's kind of the imagery, you, you yeah. know, take it or leave it. <laughs> but, and what I often don't like from a, a big perspective is I don't realize how much my selfishness affects my relationship with God and how much that affects my relationship with my wife, with my kids, with my coworkers. Right. It, th- there's like, just a beautiful correlation that if I get right with God first, that will have an amazing impact mm-hmm. on my relationships. Why? Well, because if you're right with God, your selfishness goes out the window. Right. I can't get, a lot of times I can't get right with others from a selfish perspective mm-hmm. unless I first get right with God from a selfish perspective. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I've been dwelling a lot on, there's a, a parable where Jesus talks about, like, you're going to a banquet, don't sit at the, the don't, don't 
go up to the highest seat and yeah. put yourself in it because chances are you're going to get knocked down. So you're talking about we're proud, God opposes you. Yeah. Go find that lowest seat mm-hmm. and then to be surprised, say, no, sir, you know, you belong, you know, up here. So I've been trying to think about how are the ways I'm learning humility or mm-hmm. fighting for the lower seat, you know, and trying, trying to recognize that. And uh, so it's, it, those were the wheels that got turning when you started talking about when our pride springs up, God is opposed to it. I suppose it makes him righteously angry, mm. but it also makes him wanting us to have something better. No, yeah. you're ruining it for yourself. And it's certainly going to play out in bad results in your relationships. 100%. And like what I always aspire to is obviously Jesus. And like if you read if you read the gospels, like it's amazing how Jesus handled conflict, right? It's so countercultural to how I handle conflict, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Like the, the conflict with Judas, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus called Judas out, right? He told Judas, Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't specifically, but when they were right before he washes the disciples feet, he's like, Hey, one of you is going to betray me. Mm-hmm. And if I knew that, okay. In my life, if I knew one of my friends or my staff members were going to betray me, mm-hmm. I would like, you're out of here. You like, right. you know, like I would have handled it so I, that doesn't happen. But like, right. what if Jesus did that? What if he mm-hmm. got rid of Judas and Judas didn't have the ability to turn him in? There goes like the, mm-hmm. the entire plan of salvation, right? Right. Like, okay, that's one conflict. And then he's on trial. And when when people accuse me of things that I didn't do, what's the first thing I do? Oh, I didn't do absolutely. that. Like I'm innocent. And Jesus is just like, mm-hmm. silent. Like yeah. some of me is like, you know, in my own fight, fighting sinful nature to respond to like, Jesus, mm. fight. Why are you <laughs> fighting? You're, you're innocent. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't. Yeah. I, that, that is so challenging, you know, to follow that example of Jesus for us. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I want to defend myself. I want people to know, like, you know, the truth, mm. you know, and to fight for it. But can we really be at peace with God taking care of it at the end. You as a leader, I think any leader has to come to that place where you have to just make peace with the fact that you can't please everyone. Yeah. There are people who are always going to you know, misconstrue your motives, you know, think the worst of you. You can't go around and fix all that. But uh, <laughs> No, you can't. That's for sure. Yeah, there, there's a certain level where you just, you have to be, you know, you know, God's mm-hmm. got this, right? And God's it is, got this. God's got this. I but think when that, you're so heavily involved, right, mm-hmm. it makes it so much harder to relinquish that, to yeah. let it go. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just I'm I'm very challenged by the way Jesus handled mm-hmm. conflict. I want to talk about the bananas. So that was uh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I mean, you never dude, know what's going to come out I, on Sunday. I wondered. I wondered if by the third service, those bananas were just going to fall off the stem. I, I was waiting for that bad. to happen. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> those were slimy bananas. I don't know how old they were, but you were making the point that there is something difficult, disgusting, hard that God can use for good. Yeah. And you're talking about, you know, we all. I mean, to a, to an extent, we'd all love to live a conflict-free life. You know, I avoid conflict like the plague myself. I've, I've talked about being a fighter with my wife and arguing for things. I've, hopefully, I've gotten better, you know, over time. But I do know out there, you know, in other places, I, there's just places I 
conflict makes me nauseous. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just so upsetting to me. I want to avoid it. But you said, you know, there are ways for good, you know, to engage conflict in a, in a healthy way. So here's what I believe. I believe what we want won't take us to where we want to be. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is who doesn't, like, if we all could just pick, like, hey, no one really wants conflict, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you could pick a conflict-free relationship, probably 100 out of 100 of us would mm-hmm. pick it. Sure. Here's, here's the lie in that, though, is that's the most shallow relationship you'll ever experience. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have conflict in your relationship, I believe there's an absence of growth, mm-hmm. an absence of maturity that conflict produces, right? Mm-hmm. I've seen it in my own marriage, right? Like I have seen my marriage grow over 16 years through conflict that has a, that has, has been a, ro- a, a risen, a rose. <laughs> I don't know the proper English mm-hmm. word, but like, yeah, who doesn't, who, I don't want to have to deal with conflict, but man, my marriage is better because of it. Yeah. Right. And even in my walk with God, there's times where we have conflict with God. Okay. When God, when my dad died, I had conflict with God, mm-hmm. right? Why in the world would you take my dad? I'm not happy about this. I'm actually pretty ticked God about mm-hmm. this. And through that conflict, my trust, my, my ability to lean in and press into God just grew expo- exponentially because of conflict. Yeah. And so I think what we want doesn't take us to where we where we want to be, healthy, strong relationships. Right. And so what's the gap there? It's learning to navigate conflict in a healthy and biblical way. Yeah. You know, I was thinking marriage before you use the word marriage, you know, in your response there. And I certainly don't want to communicate to people who aren't married, you know, won't have the opportunity to grow right. as they should, right? There's all kinds of relationships, there's circumstances, there's suffering, there's yeah. all kinds of difficulties and challenges that God uses. I mean, Paul was never married, right? Uh, Jesus was never married. But um, but there's a book, I believe, called Sacred Marriage. Mm-hmm. and the th- uh, We'll put it in the show notes, too, because um, I can't remember the author's name offhand, but his thesis is, marriage is not meant to make you happy, it's meant to make you holy. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about marriage, because I think about it, too. I mean, Karen and I have been married over 30 years, um, and I just think about how God has changed us you know, you know, in that. And I would have to admit, a lot of it has come through conflict, you know, <laughs> that we've, and it's, so I would encourage people who are having challenges in their marriages, yeah. you know, don't assume that's a sign that you made the wrong choice. <laughs> don't make, assume that's a reason to bail. Well, really, there's no sign you made the wrong choice, because if you're married, that is the choice. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? And obviously, like, don't overbelieve that, right? Like, obviously, you're in a marriage relationship where you're being abused, right? Like, oh, yeah. Again, we're not talking about those types of conflict. We're talking about everyday mm-hmm. trials and, and, and arguments in relationships, marriage, you know, coworkers, friends, and mm-hmm. so... Yeah, I'm glad you cycled back to that. You mentioned that in your sermon, yeah. too, right from the beginning. We're not excusing evil yes, and wrong, and right. there are there's the things that happen. So never want to excuse that, but the good God can use. There's a healthy kind of conflict. I remember a pre-preach once when uh, we have the feedback back and forth, and... You and Nate Miller and Scott Bixby, you got at it. And I grew up in a family where we just don't raise our voices to each other. (laughs) We just, we avoid conflict, like, at all costs. And that was making me really nervous. But it was a healthy discussion. You guys, there weren't feelings or personal reputations involved, but you were fighting 
you know, yeah. for the best outcome, yes. you know, between you and what was going back and forth. So some of us, it's hard to learn, you know, get past the nausea, you know, find a healthy way, you know, to proceed. Well, and I think, conflict. you know, it, depending on what type of conflict you're talking about, I think being able to see, like, at, at some level, some of the conflict that you wrestle with, you're both fighting for the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're just going at it from different perspectives. Right. And some, sometimes just softening a conflict is, is simply saying, okay, listen, we both want the same thing. Mm-hmm. So let's not get angry at each other when we're after the same goal because that's when the enemy wins, right? Mm-hmm. When we want the same thing, we think we go different routes about it and we're mad at each other. Like we don't achieve what we wanted and boom. So again, I, th- I think that goes back to like the illustration I gave with my wife is like remind yourself, man, usually the person you're fighting with is not your enemy. Yeah. Right. They aren't there. Usually you guys are after at some level the same thing. It's just different ways. And so learning to hear and consider the other person is so helpful. Yeah. Personally, I thought that was a very powerful part of your message when just to put that pause and say, you know, honey, I'm not the enemy. Yeah. But but that we do have an enemy who's working behind the scenes. He's trying to make us enemies. All right. I want to go out on this question. All right. All right. So, and uh, I've already been through one group discussion. I'll be through another, you know, this giving feedback, you know, that's wrestling with these things. But um, what do you say to the person who says, why are you putting it all on me? Mm. Is that? It's kind of an ode to this coming weekend, which I like, right? Um, I would say the reason why James does that is because you can only control you, mm-hmm. right? So I'll give you a glimpse into next week. We're going to talk about how, you know, the Bible really calls us to live at peace with everyone. And, and Paul specifically says, as, as it depends on you. Mm. And what I've learned, even in conflict, is I can't control how whoever responds. Mm-hmm. I can't control their actions. Mm-hmm. I can control me, yeah. right? I can control my heart and, mm-hmm. you know, obviously with God's help, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I think James says, you got to look at you and you're a huge part of the conflict because if you remove your selfishness, if you remove your desire to please yourself, it's really hard to fight with somebody who isn't selfish, right? who thinks of you first, right? It's mm-hmm. really hard to like... Mm-hmm. I've been there, right? Like where I've been in such a, like a, a fight mode and my wife's like, fine, like I, you're right. And like, no, I'm still ready to fight. Like, <laughs> like, and it's, what does the Bible say? A soft answer, turn away wrath, yeah. right? It's, it, and so I think that's why I think, you know, the, you know, Matthew seven, right? Take the speck out of your eye before you remove the log in somebody else's. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can, you can pull that out. And mm-hmm. so, I think it's really important to, to know that. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, I think that's a great way to wrap it up. So love what you did this week. And that beautifully teased, you know, sets up what's coming next week. You'll definitely want to come back to yeah. see where we go. We've got two more weeks. And I'm going to tell you right now, knowing a little bit of what's ahead, you'll definitely not want to miss it. We'll see you next week. <laughs>